They say that in life, timing is everything. I believe it. When I watch animated films, one of the things I can't stand is when the timing of the audio doesn't match the timing of the video. In fact, whenever that happens, it's a real turnoff for me. And I turn off the video, wondering, how did this happen? In this episode, 2218, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG pros, will explain when they answer the commonly asked question, how is lip-syncing animation created on the CG Bros CG Insider podcast? Welcome to the CG Insider podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time to the podcast, a special welcome to you uh, in today's podcast of the CG Insider. We'll be answering another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Ben M. from Montvale, New Jersey. And Ben asks... How is lip-syncing animation created? And by the end of our discussion today, uh, not only will you know how lip-syncing animation is created, but you'll also uh, get some background behind the technology. And uh, we'll also discuss some of the software that you can use to create some great lip-sync uh, animation of your own. Be sure to stay until the end of the podcast, because as promised, we'll be sharing a few of your comments and even a testimonial or two, possibly that uh, you've made on our recent uh, one of our recent podcasts. I'm Sean Johnson, one of your hosts for today's edition of the CG Insider Podcast. Oh, and I'm Bill Johnson, the <laughs> other host of the podcast. Sorry. Where'd you go? Don't leave me hanging. When <laughs> <No>. we are <laughs> the CG Bros. Hey, bro, can, uh, you know, I just, it's an interesting question. So uh, let's let's get into this. So when I first got this, this uh, question, I was like, uh, so we're not talking about uh, the late 1980s duo band Milli Vanilli, right? With lip syncing? Uh, no, we're doing it. Uh, we're talking about. I think we're doing it with animated characters. I think that's, <laughs> that's what we're right. talking about here. But you know, Sean, they're they're very uh, closely related. Uh, so you know, they they do have a lot of things in common. So um, you know, it wouldn't should, shouldn't surprise any anybody out there. But we're going to get into that here in a few minutes. And if it does, uh, you're going to learn something new. You know, it's funny is uh, that particular. Um, song that they did, uh, "Girl, You Know It's True," um, was one of my one of my. Um, I played that cassette over and over and over. I love that. I love the uh, the video of that too. When they're they're chest bumping, jumping into the air. I just thought those guys were great. Such a sad story though about them being uh, being caught uh, lip syncing. Well, you know, and that's because they were they were saying that. Well, they said they weren't doing it. That's the one thing. You know, everybody knows that lip syncing was going on, and well, maybe not everybody did. I think I, maybe that's because they were really good at it. Maybe or well, that's the the problem is, Bill. They weren't actually doing the music. They were actually there were studio musicians and singers that were actually <laughs> their real voices, and they were lip syncing their vo- their not their own voices. So, unfortunately, oh, it wasn't even them. No, it was not even them. Oh, okay. So that's a that is a total fraud. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, one of the guys ended up committing suicide. One of the guys. So uh, I don't want to say that. Anyway, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about something positive. What about a little background history about lip syncing? It's been around for quite a long time. I know uh, it seems like it's uh, a common term that we we throw around. Well, yes, and it's you know it, it does have to do with with what you're what you were talking about. I mean, when bad lip syncing is is uh when we see it we we know it and when we don't see it uh we don't even think about it we ignore it and that's kind of one of the one of the sad things about doing lip syncing really well especially in today's environment is is that we become and i've said this before we have become so sophisticated as viewers that that we we pick up on these things that they're not just right and uh you know crafting a believable facial animation is, is probably one of the most challenging 
uh, things to do in CGI. So, uh, you know, when it's done right, it really breathes uh, life into what are really deadpan and lifeless uh, faces. Yes, the the face is perhaps what more than any other part of the body, the window to the soul, besides the eyes. And there's uh, you know, there's such a and we we know what uh, it's supposed to look like because we look at facial. Um, movements all day long when we're talking to people and unless we're looking at our avatars right now and and that's a little bit different but uh yeah i i think uh it's it's um it's definitely something that that um i think if you see it and it's very bad um it just it gives you that again uncanny valley feeling right it just gets you back into that yes and the, the it basically involves the you know the people say well you know how is it done? We, we, we. I think that's basically the question that we. Were or what here. is it? What is or, it? Or what, exactly? You know what is it? Okay, why don't we <laughs> we start there? It's, it's basically a technique used by artists uh, to make any character, uh, usually an animated character. In this case, we're talking about CGI characters, but uh, animated characters as well. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, to make them look like they're speaking the dialogue, basically. Right. So they're. It's like a pre-recorded track of dialogue or singing or whatever, and. And you're just basically syncing those two together, uh, the animation mouth movements with the actual words that are being speaking or, or sp- spoken or being sung. And uh, a lot of that was done by um, matching uh, to a dialogue track. A lot of times early on in, in the history of this is you would have um, dialogue sheets of exactly what was being said. And the animator would be you know, basically creating those mouth shapes, at least let's say, for example, 2D, uh, for the, the phonemes and, and uh, then became more in, in tune with that using visemes. And those are kind of fancy words. And what, what exactly are those things? Those uh, phonemes are basically the smallest individual units of sound that are combined to form speech. And so you have shapes in, in animation that you refer to those positions of the lips and the teeth and the tongue and the jaw and when you utter a phoneme. So that's the specific sound of speech versus visemes. Oh, here's an example. Um, the, the phoneme M consists of lips that are pressed together. That, that would be an example of that. Or L uh, consists of your lips that are, are not round, but they're slightly apart with the tip of your tongue kind of pressed up against the, the gums behind your upper teeth. That's, that's kind of what, uh, what a phoneme is. Visime, on the other hand, is a visual description of a phoneme in spoken language. So it defines the position of the face and the mouth when speaking a word. Uh, with lip, lip sync features, uh, you know, developers of software and what we use in animation, uh, you get that uh, visime sequence and, uh, and the duration from generated speech, speech for uh, facial expression and synchronization. So in a nutshell. Talking- <laughs> yeah, so so when we talk about phonemes and visemes, just to kind of put a cap on it, so the phonemes sound like they're more they're more used for the vowel shapes, and the visemes would be more for the consonant. Type yeah, and, and 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 the whole face in, in expression as well generated with that. So yes, yeah, so it's not just so so it's not just the 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 mouth; it's the lips, sh- the shape of the lips, and the, I mean you can purse the lips, or you can press the lips together, like you said, or you can you know stretch them apart. And you need to, I think you you know animators really need to think about the mouth shapes and, and how the emotions and the inspre- expressions that they the characters are, are, are uh, emoting, uh, they kind of need to match because, um, you know, if you just use the same mouth shapes uh, or the same phonemes and visemes, um, it's going to look kind of weird because, you know, if, when you're, when you're expressing a lot of emotion, you, you could be yelling or you could be, you know, gritting it through your teeth, you know, mm-hmm. or, 
or, or shouting. Um, and, and so your mouth would be open much wider or your, your face would take on a different shape or your mouth would take on a different shape anyway, just because of the uh, expressions or the, uh, of your emotion that, that's coming through in the character. Oh, yeah. and then your jaw would even move and then your, your neck even has to move, you know, changes shape. So there's a lot of interconnected stuff with the mouth. We're, we're not going into that today, but those are all part of the overall facial performance. Well, that helps sell it all. That helps sell the rea- realism Absolutely. of that. Unless you're going total stylistic, cartoony looking uh, character, then even though you want to have those things um, synced up, uh, for example, I mean, even the, what we're using today, uh, the Adobe Character Animator. Um, that does the same thing. It's sync, trying to sync up all the different mouth shapes. And the, of course, I, we animated the jaw moving, uh, at least in my avatar. I think yours does the same thing, right? Your little soul patch on the bottom of your chin. Yeah, yeah. I th- it should it be anyway. Oh, it's not moving. Oh, so, so, see. <laughs> so, hey. Well, see, there's so many levels we could go with, you know, the animation of the character. So Right. Maybe yeah. we could turn ourselves, uh, you know, looking left and looking right. So uh, one of these times we'll have to create those as well. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, my point, I guess, would just be in a, in a nutshell. Lip sync is just one part of that character's overall facial performance, and uh, you know, it, try to keep in mind that there's other other facial uh, performances that need to all sync together to to make it a coherent, believable, uh, and that's what makes it immersive performance. Um, you know, lip sync is 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 basically uh, what the, they call in the business uh, player immersion, and if it's done wrong, then, then that that's broken. Yes, and it's also takes a lot of effort and time except for well i should say it used to take a lot of effort and time well it now used to be ne- well because they did, well think of what you had to do you had to basically track you know had to go word by word basically and determine you know where the mouth shape where the vowels were you know basically mm-hmm. line them up and set a keyframe for your character and uh it was it's yeah, that is a very tedious uh process and you know even tracking that, you know, getting that set up and knowing, you know, somebody has to go through and basically uh, it's a breakdown, really create a breakdown of it in the past. And they still do that today, uh, actually. But Right. I would load it in, in an old 3D studio back in the day. I'd load it in a, a WAV file into it, uh, into the package itself. And then I'd load up a, a, a morph package and do morph targets for it every single with sliders to every single uh, mouth shape uh, to sync it up with the actual um sound file that you would see and just you know scrub over and over and over and try and get all those uh, subtle face movements a lot of times today um, when people are animating um, facial expressions and they're trying to get i think a lot of animators make mistakes by they they look in the mirror and they over you know emphasize their mouth when they're doing when they're trying to pronounce things and so you, you start dialing in, you know, start animating and moving the mouth into those shapes where normally when people are speaking, they're kind of sloppy in the way that they pronounce, pronounce words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just, they're, it's very fast and very flowing. So your mouth, a lot of times are very lazy and your, move, your mouth isn't moving that well, but that's, or that much. But uh, I think a lot of animators make the mistake by over animating the mouth in a lot of ways. And it's, uh, you don't need to do that. No, and there's a any good character rig really takes a, a, a at least I'd say a fair amount of prep work to get uh, set up right. But it's it's worth it because it makes the animation process quicker and more intuitive. I know you when you're talking about setting that up, you you used bones to to drive the, that facial animation, didn't you? Well, the morph targets were actually not using bones. Oh, morph they targets. Were, okay. Yeah, they were using uh, blend shapes, basically, or you know, they call them morph targets or blend shapes, same thing. 
Yeah, and there's there's so many different approaches to doing uh, to doing lip syncing, and and but basically, the better a mouth rig is, or the you know whatever, the more fluid you can and friction free you can you can make the animation of the the mouth be, uh, you know, basically setting them it up so that it can do the lip sync correctly um, is critical. Uh, I mean, as far as you know, the rig. I think the rig. I mean, as far as I can I can tell, morph targets and that. This goes to what I was talking about earlier. Is when you have morph targets, you're you're set. Your face can't emote, you know, you're set to those, you have to have 60 or 70, you have to have a whole sets and sets covering each range of emotion uh, mm -hmm. for the morph target. And you have to be able to blend between each set, not just each target. It's, it's labor intensive. And that's yeah, why I think a lot of, a lot of times, for example, I think we showed in a previous podcast, uh, Thanos, that uh, Weta was using and how they, you know, are driving it with motion capture. And then you have an animator who's doing other things, subtle things on top of that. And so they're kind of mixing motion capture, tracking facial motion capture uh, to, to Thanos. And that's why it looked, it looked so real and, and, and didn't, didn't give me that uncanny valley, even though how, how different his head is from a normal human's head. So. Yes, and that, so when you have the hands and the facial and the body and you know and the eyes all and the dialogue all working together synchronously, it's a flowing, unifying, resulting animation. It's really sweet to watch when it when it comes all, all comes together. And you know the, the interesting thing I don't know if you knew this, but uh, a lot of anime they actually do the uh, soundtrack afterwards. I did not know that. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing that. Uh, yeah, it's to save time, and they 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 really press their animators uh, to to do that. And it's it's like, apparently they can really crank out the uh, you know a lot of times you'll even see it where the <laughs> where the dialogue doesn't match up so much. And that you know, and that's just not Jap Japanese stuff. I mean, it, it is at least in, in in stuff we're talking about today. I'm you know speaking of that, I remember when we were kids, Sean, watching our Godzilla movies and 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 uh, Japanese monster movies and. You know, having them scream. Even some of the the the, the uh, Chinese and Japanese samurai movies, where they would battle each other, and they're you'd say, "Hey, what did you do?" You know, the, it, there would be totally out of sync, and it was so disjointing. I mean, I think that's kind of probably the allure of it, and kind of maybe it's kind of the the romance of it, and maybe even just the campiness. You know, the campiness, yeah. It's it's yeah. kind of yeah, exactly. It was just such a such a uh, you know obvious and and disjointed thing it's amazing that they got such a following honestly but they are cool uh, don't get me wrong well i know earlier video games um it was it was hard to do they did uh they didn't use a lot of um obviously they didn't use a lot of uh, sync, lip syncing uh, there was a lot of electronic sounds and, and beeps and things like that to simulate you know simulate explosions and things like that because they didn't have full full sound at that time until the creative sound blaster cards came out and you could actually hear things the way they were really instead of MIDI or other other beeps and boops. But, you know, in, in the late, well, 1990s, 2000s, that's when you started seeing a lot of um, lip syncing in, in video game cinematics and interstitials and things like that. And that's where I think got me interested in wanting to do that was that same around that same time frame is when I got into video games was because of that. And I think, like I said, I was uh, using 3D Studio uh, at that time before the dot, the uh, Windows version of Max came out, 3D Studio Max. But it was tough to do. It was it's it was like I said, super labor intensive. But to your point earlier, where you're talking about the the problem of of lip syncing, you see that today in streaming <laughs> streaming TV shows. 
you'll see it. And, and as soon as you see that, that, um, the audio that doesn't sync up with the guy talking, you're like, Ugh! it just, it's just so distracting, isn't it? Yes, it is. And even when I do zoom calls today, <laughs> there's any oh, yeah. kind of latency and you, you know, that that's really distracting or watch I'm watching a YouTube video and my stream is off or something. Right. Today I was actually, I was on a, on a, not a zoom call, but we use teams. Um, there was a guy that uh, looked like a, an animated Picasso because all the blockiness that was going around him because of the compression, uh, he had a bad signal. It was really no, no, funny. That's a new zoom filter. That's a new zoom. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, well know, Hey, I wanted to show you something Yeah, yeah. Let's see that, a little bit of the history. I know we talked about, we didn't actually, we kind of skipped over it, but uh, the steamboat Willie right, was the first, uh, to introduce audiences to uh, lip sync sound. Uh, I believe it was, uh, not talking, but whistling at that time. And that was one of the first, uh, first to use that. And then uh, night, it goes, I'm gonna jump all the way to 1987 and Rendezvous in Montreal, which is like, I, I found this uh, on, on YouTube where uh, you can see Humphrey Bogart and Marilyn Monroe where they digitize the faces. And if you can pin me, I'll show you that, that, that uh, animation where they did the first, uh, one of the first lip syncs uh, for a 3D CGI character, and uh, it it looks super <laughs> rudimentary and and looks like a, obviously a doll looking right here. He's uh, Humphrey Bogart, but for this time frame, I mean, you're looking in 1987. This is pretty pretty impressive stuff, um, and uh, yeah, you know, obviously real faceted. You can see the faceting of, of her hair, and uh, and there's really no smoothing in the actual model itself. Isn't that funny, Bill? It's almost like flat shaded. It's so interesting to see. Yeah, no, I, I think you know, for the time, it was it was revolutionary to see a, cre a CGI character actually speaking words uh, that was anything close to sync was was a, an amazing thing. I mean, even the re you know when, the, when we saw that first uh, CG show on on TV called Reboot, it was it was just just terrible, just terrible. And you know, most early C uh, CGI efforts uh, suffered in this area, and it was really because of a lack because it's such a difficult process, or at least was. And we're going to get into kind of where we stand today on, on lip sync technology. But, you know, in the past, it was just such a laborious, uh, time consuming process. And I said word by word, I, I it's, it's actually syllable by syllable <laughs> right. breaking down these things. And so, you know, it's just painstaking. And, and if the dialogue changes, oh my gosh, you know how many things have to change down the line, especially uh, the lip syncing. Well, exactly. And this is, if you still continue to pin me, I'll show you this, this particular chart here of lip syncing and the mouth shapes we were talking about earlier to represent the sounds. So you had the, uh, a, a mouth um, where you had B, B and M and P sounds. And you can kind of see on the left-hand side, you've got a bunch of mouth shapes, A through J, and they've got them open di different, uh, uh, making different sounds like the ooh and the ahs and the... Uh, most of the vowels, you can use a particular mouth shape there. And then they've got another one here. Kind of zoom in, you can see a little bit more colorfully. Um, and those are the different uh, animated shapes that you'd use if you're doing a 2D character. And I think that's what we've also done in, um, in Adobe Character Animator. We basically assigned mouth shapes to what we're doing, what we're saying. And, and the AI or the real-time um, engine that Adobe's using is actually picking the sounds up we're doing and trying to translate that into mouse shapes. Yeah, and this has traditionally been more of a, the realm of 2D stuff. Um, you know, where when you get into the world of 3D, this becomes a lot more complicated because the performances have to be more sophisticated. And so, um, you know, that's where we move into maybe kind of where we stand in, in some of the techniques today. Uh, I know 
uh, Sean, you were talking about uh, doing some morph targets, but I, a kind of a variation on that is basically using performance capture to do uh, the lip syncing performance. It does the whole entire performance, the whole entire facial performance as well, but I think there's some editing that can be done uh, in, in that as well, as, far, as well as mocap. They were doing, um, you know, you said they, they have uh, systems to do mocap. I think a lot of the ILM and some of the other leading, Weta and some of the other leading studios have some of their own proprietary uh, solutions for doing a lot of this stuff. And, um, you know, some of it's looking spot on. I mean, uh, it's amazing some of the technology that, and how quickly it's moving along. But, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, other types of, of ways of, of doing lip sync. There's uh, um, text to lip sync animation solutions where you feed in uh, a text file and, and out, you know, comes a version of lip sync. We've, I, I think we've tried that. Uh, I think it was something called Face Studio for Macs that, that was kind of worked based on that uh, principle. Yeah, that or Voice-O-Matic or something like that. It's, it's been so long. I, I, was, I was trying to find some old, old stuff that I was using back in the day. And it's like, gosh, they're, they're using like Java and, you know, H, what are they using? Um, <laughs> scripting that doesn't, isn't supported anymore. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that I couldn't find. I mean, you can see them on the websites, but you try and play the video and it's like flash or something. And you're like, oh man, I can't, I can't show that anymore. <laughs> but uh, well, there yeah, are there's a lot to, of wave file to lip sync. Uh, solutions as well. I think there's a product called Wave to Lip, which is which is a pretty popular uh, software these days. Oh, you're talking about the the AI div driven one? Is that what uh, I haven't gotten the AI solutions yet, but these are just more the text to to uh, lip sync and wave file to lip sync, where it just processes a wave file and tries to approximate the the timing and the you know by listening, analyzing the wave file. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess uh, you know. When we're talking about AI, that that's kind of another another realm. Would you like to get into that? Or well, no, I was uh, going to show one more thing. Uh, this okay, is this okay. is another one uh, going back just a little bit of history, going back history just a little bit. Is Chris Landert's uh, "The End," and if you can pin me here, this is using uh, Alias Power oh, Animator. I still got you pinned. I forgot to. Pin oh well, that's okay. okay. <laughs> Here's another one uh, by, uh, like I said, uh, using pa Alias Power Animator, um, and Alias and Wavefront merged eventually became. Um, uh, alias in, in, in one, one respect, they were all together, all their technology was all one. And then they, they created Maya. And, uh, so this is, this is 1995. And what was that? I think it was in 2000 or 1999 when Maya actually came out the first version. Um, and that, this is, uh, I thought this was pretty interesting going back to even to 1995 when I first, right after I got into this, I was looking at this animation back in the day and it was like, wow couldn't believe how this particular animation that uh, Chris had done also has some of the first uh, hair simulation that was going on too. It's pretty crazy and, and, and jiggly, but you're looking at it in this, this physics thing and it's, wow, it looks so amazing. You never, I had never seen anything like it before. And his, his uh, artistic style of, of storytelling was very unique to him too. He's, he's really well known for that. Highly recommend you check that out. Chris Landreth, The End. 1995. Very cool. Very cool. I'm going to remove your pin uh, now. I, I just want to go ahead and show this is a so moving on, uh, you know, we, we talked about some of the solutions to that. Um, a lot of solutions actually involved it today, a variation of or a combination of these things, text to lip, wave file to lip, uh, even, you know, mocap, they all kind of combine those to get the best performance they can from their characters. But um, and we talked about a couple of off-the-shelf uh, solutions. Uh, iClone uh, 7 was one. Uh, MetaHuman, I think, is mm -hmm. with Face Helper is a really great one. Yeah, with uh, LiveLink. Yep. With the, uh, uh, with the Unreal Engine. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, this uh, we're, we're kind of getting into the 
AI uh, solutions where uh, the AI, based on on uh, you know analysis, yes, of, of many waveforms and, and different different performances, can actually come up with an, uh, the the performance for a character. And this is uh, one of those for uh, Cyberpunk 2007. These are just a few of the characters that are featured uh, in here. Um, and uh, yeah, this is all use... AI driven. There is yeah. no keyframes set here. That's um, right. There are no uh, uh, phonemes or, or visemes that have to be aligned. It's just, uh, it's all done through the software. Yeah, they actually, for this particular game, they used it for multi, multi-language support, so it, it I, uh, would work. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. They actually, and here's, here's a sample of that, where they did it in English, in French, uh, German, and Japanese. And uh, so uh, it's just an amazing thing where they just pr- plug in the different languages and the performance pumps out uh, from the character. Yeah, the, the face is doing the exact same thing. But the mouth is doing something totally different and the nose and everything's moving. That's that's amazing stuff, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, and they, not only that, the, the, the cool thing about, about it is uh, is the expressions are also, the, the, the accents, you know, when you're expressing, you're talking and you're, you're, there's, there's, a, there's um, a emphasis on certain words and in certain languages, the emphasis changes on the words. So they're, they're in different, you know, the mm-hmm. emphasis on the beginning. And so you'd want the eyebrows, say, to, to raise up. And that's what we were talking about as far as facial performances matching and going into the uncanny valley or not going into the uncanny valley is all you can get those things to sync and you know when you're doing things in different languages there's the additional challenge of facial expressions because they of the emphasis on different parts of a word in different parts of the sentence and so your expressions have to match that yes this is a quick uh if you look at this particular website here behind me if you can pin me quickly you can see um, their jollyresearch.com. If you go to that website, you can see that they're, they have automatically detecting, uh, you know, directing digital performances for any, you know, any world language. So it's, it's super, super powerful. Um, it, and it looks very, very realistic. So there's a lot of technology that's going into this and, uh, there's just a ton of it on this particular, uh, website you can take a look at. And I believe there's even, um, uh, is there anything you can download here? I'm not sure. Well, if you can't go here and download something, you can read about it. But then they've got um, Lip Sync AI, which is another website that you can try free. It's got a 30-day trial, and, and it does uh, uses uh, AI to lip sync there as well. And you can create your own avatars and things. So it's pretty cool. There's, there's, it's amazing because it can use, uh, we, we talked about Unreal's uh, MetaHumans or Real Illusions Icon. You can use either one of those, uh, those models in this and uh, do some really nice animation. Fantastic, Sean. Uh, well, why don't we jump into the mailbag uh, here and uh, yes, kind of, uh, c- comply with our promise. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, this particular one's from Podcast Twenty Two Fifteen. What are your some uh, some of your favorite deep fakes? That was a good one. I like that one. This one's uh, from Gilbert uh, Galinas, and he, and he asks, will they eventually make new films of Humphrey Bogart and Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> what a coincidence! I sure hope so. After seeing that one from uh, nineteen eighty-seven, or <laughs> so. I wonder yeah. if he's making reference. He must know about that too, Sean. How could he? Mind reader. My goodness. Well, uh, let's go ahead and hear uh, from a few of our new media producers who have uh, chosen to get their short films uh, the exposure that only the CG Bros can bring on our YouTube channel. Uh, this comment is from Mariano Russo. And she said, uh, you guys are reverent in the industry. Uh, you've got a quality content and a high level of visibility. Uh, thanks, Mariano. Uh, we do, and we, we really pride ourselves on, on providing a platform for new media producers uh, who, who really haven't had their work seen. So uh, thanks for that. 
Well, this one's from Omar Hamaki. And he said, uh, you have top-notch animation shorts on your platform. I'd love to be a part of them. And you are, Omar. Thanks for submitting your short film. Um, and he also said you, the reason why is because we reach a, a wide variety of people. And uh, he definitely thinks that will help his film uh, get seen. So absolutely, uh, we know it's going to be seen by uh, hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions. So uh, we appreciate you uh, you coming over to our uh, website and, and then, of course, uh, submitting it to our channel. Yes, and Peter uh, seems to feel the same way. He says, uh, to increase the exposure for my work uh, and be seen alongside other high-quality CG art is why I chose the CG Bros YouTube channel. Well, we appreciate that, Peter. And, and, and again, uh, if you've got a, a film that you'd like to uh, feature to the world, uh, why don't you consider putting it on the CG Bros? Come to our website, cgbros.com. Uh, and find out how. Uh, thanks again for being part of our podcast today, and uh, we want to let you know we do them just for you, and we really had a, a pretty good time answering uh, Ben's question today, how is lip-syncing animation created, and we hope that you enjoyed our conversation and hope you learned something that you didn't know along the way as well. If you did, please help us out by sharing it with some of your friends, uh, as well as click that like button because it really helps our channel uh, a lot by assisting other people to uh, find our videos as well through YouTube's algorithm. Um, so um, we appreciate that. We also apologize. Uh, we didn't get to, to share as many of the software um, uh, tools you can use to create your own lip sync animations. And hopefully we'll do another version or we'll put something in the description of the video. But if you do have a subject you'd like to discuss in one of our podcasts, let us know about it by going to our website, thecgbows.com, go to the About Us tab, and then on the Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Ben did. We're always looking to improve our podcast and would like to know what you guys think. So please leave us a comment below. And if you, and if you do, no guarantee, but we may even read it during our next podcast. In case you didn't know, we bring you a new edition of the CG Insider right here every week where we discuss things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, and digital VFX, as well as other related and interesting topics. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel for your front row seat for some amazing and often heartwarming state-of-the-art CGI short entertainment, uh, as well as some pretty insightful CGI uh, VFX breakdowns and behind-the-scenes making-ofs as well, uh, created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today. And uh, We'd also love to see you again here next week uh, for our podcast where we'll be answering another great fan question. So long till next week. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is lip syncing animation created? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please give us a thumbs up. Be sure to leave a comment too because we might share it on a future podcast and mention you by name. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free. And ring the bell, so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they, too, can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, Samsung Podcast, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Learn more about us by going to our website, thecgbros.com. 
and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how are vehicles animated in CGI? This has been episode 2218 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.